everyone and welcome to another episode of the Panther Pod. My name is Tamea and today I'm joined by a very special guest. His name is Justice and I had the pleasure of taking his Mindfulness Monday courses last semester at Chapman and I love them so much that I asked him to join me today to talk about the power of mindfulness and yeah, give you guys some um, insights and expertise. So happy to be here. Thank you so much for hosting this. And I'm glad that students get to uh, witness and be able to experience the power of mindfulness. Mindfulness is a concept that many students have heard of. Um, but could you explain for those who maybe don't really know what it is, what mindfulness is for you and why it is important for students? What I believe is the most simplest form of mindfulness being able to appreciate the present moment and why you appreciate the present moment, being able to bring gratitude into your life. And, and, you know, for me, when I first started to do mindfulness, it was more so of a, an aspect of meditation, um, focusing on my breath, focusing on what's my breath work can do for my anxiety, can do for my clarity. And then as I continue to practice mindfulness, and now it's almost, you know, 11 years, almost, you know, and I've been teaching almost a year now, it's a part of my lifestyle. It's not just a formal practice. It's not just a practice where I can just sit down somewhere and meditate. Now I'm seeing mindfulness in every aspect of my life, whether it be walking, whether it be shopping and, and figuring out if this is something that is actually going to be conducive for my life or am I buying this just to buy it out of spite? That's being mindful, right? Or whether it be what I'm ingesting in my brain, what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, what I'm eating. Is this music that I'm listening to, is it conducive to my well-being or is it making me more angry is it making me more anxious you touched on the benefits of mindfulness could you maybe summarize like what are the main benefits students or people can experience um through mindfulness and meditation mindfulness um if if you are using mindfulness to try to clear traumatic experiences it may require more of a in-depth type of consultation with a therapist, but mindfulness can ease anxiety if you are prone to having a lot of anxiety by just focusing on your breath or working out. I think a lot of individuals don't think about this, but for example, I'm not a really long distance runner, so, and I hate cardio, so it <laughs> was not my thing, but uh, I tried it, right? And after I started to practice more my breath work and practice more mindfulness meditation and sitting for longer periods when I meditated, Tamia, you would not believe it. My ab workouts exceeded my expectations tremendously because I was just working on my breath. I was working on my breathing. When I would be running, I was more focused on my breath work and understanding my breathing. So I would run longer for longer periods. I wouldn't be as tired after I started, after I stopped my workout because people don't think when you're working out, what are we usually working on mostly? Not just our muscles, but our breath. 
we're breathing, we're pushing the wave, when we're riding, when we're on the Stairmaster, whatever it is, you are working on your breath. But if individuals don't know how to use their breasts, they don't know when their breath, or, or they don't know when they're hyperventilating, or they don't know when they're getting exhausted, then sometimes they may fall back. But if you practice breath work, if you practice meditation, if you practice breathing and focusing on your breath throughout your day, then it can help you in the gym. That may be a, a, a tip that a lot of people don't know. And I love sharing that tip because they may think it brings clarity, it brings focus. Those are most of the cliche things you hear about meditation. But it can also bring a sense of longevity when it comes to you working out and, and having an overall well-being. One of the other techniques people could use um, or that people could put in their repertoire of things um, they do for mindfulness is walking meditation. I know when you were a part of my class, we practice mindfulness meditation by going outside and walking. So many times students have so much going on. I was once a student. You have so much going on. You want to be in the clubs. You want to run for office. You want to go into the sororities. You want to do all these things. So you always walk with a destination in mind. But when we walk and we just don't have a destination and we're walking around, you start to appreciate the environment more. You start to appreciate the nature. You start to appreciate the feet that you have to actually walk and being body abled. I will walk around campus some days and I will see so many students in a rush and anxiety and stressed out. And, you know, those days I will walk I will walk more around campus and, and walk slowly. If I was walking to the cafeteria, I walk slowly. If I was in line waiting for food, if I was in line waiting for Einstein's bagels and, and student union, guess what? I used that time to breathe. I wasn't on my phone. I was breathing. And I would be more equipped to be present in class because I actually sat there and I meditated and I used my breath work. So when I was sitting in front of class, I was more present. I actually retained more information and I was more focused because my brain wasn't so inundated with information on my phone, information about this next class. Everything was slowed down. The second tip I would try if you're new to mindfulness and you're trying to get a more a repetition into your practice is um, <laughs> I've always used this tip and sometimes people are like, huh? <laughs> but if you're on the toilet and you're trying to <laughs> focus on your breath, uh, I would use that time while you're going potty <laughs> to really focus on your breath work. Um, and I use that tip because a lot of people use an excuse like, well, I don't have no time to meditate justice. When would I ever have the time to? And then I always trinkle a little bit of normal, uh, uh, normal things that human beings do each day that they can probably incorporate into their life, whether it be walking, like the first one I mentioned, whether it be going to the bathroom, you're sitting down. Why don't you just take five minutes to just inhale and exhale? Yes, I also wanted to ask you if you have any techniques that could be beneficial during exams or high pressure situations that you maybe go back to now or remember using when you were a student. Yeah, that's a great question. I One of the techniques I used was to, you know, manage the days in which I was on campus to focus strictly on my muscle memory. I would take this test. 
I think it's called Dull and Back. Don't quote me. But it was a, a game that I would do in the morning time before I would start to study. And it really helped build the capacity to have uh, my muscle memory intact. Um, so when I would start to study, it wasn't as hard to remember the most vital information I needed for these tests. The second trick was to write a gratitude journal. At Chapman, when I was a student, there was a lot of things that I was stressed out about, whether it be classes, whether it be affordability. I always came back to the gratitude journal I had because throughout all the stresses I had while I was a student, I still was grateful to be there as a first-generation college student of my family. I was still grateful to also be able to be in, in such a safe environment because I didn't grow up in a safe environment. I was still happy to be able to be in a classroom with these esteemed professors um, and be able to speak to them. Because I know at universities, you can't speak to these professors. So sometimes there's always like 400 students in the class. So then when it came to test taking or when it came to high pressure environments, it wasn't like I was too stressed to really focus. I was more so grateful and, 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 and balanced. And the third tip is to not take it so serious. <laughs> I know that's like, it's easier said than done. It's easier said than done, but I used to take tests really seriously, like they were going to be the grade of my life. But after a while, to me, I used to I used to talk to the professor after I took the test and say, hey, I tried my best and this is the best I can do. So don't don't judge me based off my characters. Just judge me based off what I did, you know. And when I was an, a resident advisor, I advised all my students before finals and before midterms. Do not let this this letter grade define you, who you are. Don't do not let a, a letter grade define who you are. You are more than a letter. You are more than a GPA. You are a human. And once you bring that aspect into anything in your life, it will excel you. I know that sometimes when I try to sit down and like find peace and like try to meditate or like be mindful that I get distracted by my own thoughts or sometimes by like outside surroundings. Um, how do you overcome those challenges and just like sitting in yourself? Cause sometimes it can be like quite uncomfortable. I feel to just, just be in a space and just, just be and um, let those thoughts come in. I used to struggle with that first three years, two years meditating. Um, it was something I had to really embrace. I something I knew that was not going to go away. And after the after I started to embrace that, I started to learn how to respond instead of react to outside factors. We're so innate as human beings to react to the external factors of, of our life, whether it be somebody honking a horn, I got to react to it. What mindfulness does, which is a beautiful thing, it helps the human psyche understand that responding to things in a more eloquent and patient way gives you more happiness and balance and patience in your life. And when it comes to external factors or when it comes to repeating thoughts in your brain when you're sitting, what helped me was to understand that these thoughts that come are just thoughts 
and they're not who I am. Mm -hmm. So I would observe those thoughts instead of getting engulfed in those thoughts. I would look at those thoughts as clouds and I am just a sky. So I'm just observing these these clouds come and go. Look at thoughts as a picture on the black screen at a movie. When we get to the movie theater, right, we watch a movie and we see a black screen and we see the, 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 uh, uh, the picture projecting on the black screen and we don't talk about it after. We may say it after the movie was great, you know, talk to your friends, whatever. But a week, two weeks later, we're not even thinking about that movie because we already responded to it and it's gone. And that's how I think about thoughts. So I learned how to just respond to those things with kindness and balance and say, oh, well, that may be a bird chirping, but I know in a few minutes now it's not going to be there. So let me just refocus on my breath. And in that moment, I just take another big, deep breath in and then another big, deep breath out. And then by the time I do that, I don't hear that external factor anymore. Mindfulness is not is not a finish line. It's a it's a journey. If you have some type of destination in mind, sometimes with expectation, it dwindles the beautiful moments that you have on your journey in mindfulness. When I first started mindfulness, I did have some expectations that I was going to reach some bliss and I was going to be in nirvana. And then when I traveled outside of the States and I studied more of the Eastern um, type of methods of mindfulness and I traveled to China and then I went to, um, you know, uh, Japan and I started to understand that when you start to embrace that the path of mindfulness is a journey and you understand that there's no destination in mind, but there's always a place in your heart where mindfulness brings you peace. Um, the journey becomes easier. It becomes more of a, a path and embrace the times where it may be hard. Embrace those, those times where you don't want to meditate or you don't want to embrace mindfulness because it's going to bring you gratitude when you finally have those times where you are meditating and you feel peace and you feel calm and you feel so much joy about being in, in nature and you hear the birds more clearly and the sky is more blue. I'm just giving you different types of examples of when I started to embrace the path and when I started to feel the actual results of my mindfulness practice. And it was beautiful. And I started to really just go with the flow of life, to go with the Tao. And it really helped me. So I hope all your listeners know that it's not a marathon not a race, it's a journey. Embrace it with love and equanimity and passion. 